You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hello, hello, it's Brooke DeVard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. So last Monday was Vogue's Met Gala, one of the biggest events of the year for fashion, for Hollywood, really for everyone. I recapped everything on Naked Beauty Planet, my Instagram account, which was so fun watching in real time with all of you. You guys did not hold back on your opinions. And I feel like my feed all week has been Met Gala. It's honestly a lot. It may even be oversaturated, but I do want to talk about it a little bit with you guys because this was just such a big event. I actually drove by the Met Museum. I was visiting my brother. He just moved to a new place in Harlem and I was driving back downtown and I passed the Met and it was just mayhem. People, there were police officers, the street was sectioned off and there were people that were just like vying for a glimpse of anyone entering. People literally standing on top of garbage cans and streetlights total pandemonium. And the reason why I think it's interesting is I think it speaks to this inherent need that a lot of us have for glamour, for opulence, for things that are over the top. Even if we are watching the Met Gala red carpet at home in sweatpants and a t-shirt, it's really fun to see if you have the best of hair and best of makeup and best designers in the world coming together to create a look on a known figure, on a celebrity, what does that look like? Like, how does that come together? What's like the ultimate expression of glamour? And I think after COVID, people were really excited for an event of this scale. This is kind of the biggest red carpet we've had. The VMAs were on Sunday. Obviously, the VMAs are not the Met Gala. The Met Gala, it's a really big deal to be invited. Anna Wintour, the editor-in-chief of Vogue, has to personally approve you to go. And the theme this year was America, a lexicon of fashion. And I saw a lot of people actually incorrectly saying that the theme was American independence. But this was really a chance for everyone to interpret American fashion in a different way. I also saw people saying, why didn't people wear American designers? And I think it's helpful to understand a little bit more about how the Met Gala works. So designers and brands pay for tables. So for example, Louis Vuitton, they have a table and they dress their invited celebrities or spokespeople. This year, they dressed Emma Chamberlain, a very famous YouTuber, and they put them at their table. Brands buy the tables and then they choose who they're going to dress. So Prada, Dior, Balenciaga, all of the European houses have tables at the Met Gala. So they're going to dress their guests in their designers. I also saw a lot of black designers this year, which was really cool. Race car driver Lewis Hamilton invited a bunch of young black designers to sit at his table, which I thought was really awesome. 
And I really just liked seeing how people interpreted this theme. So Lupita Nyong'o, I knew someone was going to do denim and I think she did denim so well. Denim is very American. She did a denim Versace, just gorgeous dress. And she had this gravity defying afro that Vernon Francois did. And I thought she just absolutely nailed it. Jayla was very polarizing. Um, it was a bit on the nose. She definitely went for that like Western Lewis and Clark expedition vibe. Uh, she wore Ralph Lauren. Many of you know, I used to work at Ralph Lauren. So I'm very familiar with this aesthetic that they do with the belt and the hat. And she had a fur stole and a lot of people did not like that. Billie Eilish wore a gorgeous Oscar de la Renta gown. And she said she would only wear it if the house committed to not creating anything with fur which I think is great. And that's using your platform for good. Iman was gorgeous. She had this like really big headdress and she talked about wanting to be a light in dark times. And she just looked phenomenal. My jaw dropped when I saw Iman come down that red carpet. Uh, Ciara took American fashion and did this take on a very famous Jeffrey Bean dress, like this jersey dress. She actually wore Dundas, but it was like a sequined dress with her husband, football player's jersey number on it. And then she wore his like diamond encrusted Super Bowl ring. So that's very American. She had a little football clutch. I thought it was cute. A lot of people didn't like it. AOC came. She was wearing Brother Veli's and the back of her dress said, tax the rich. Some people thought it was very performative. You're going to this event that's like $300,000 a table and you're wearing a dress that says tax the rich. But I also think that was the point, right? She's at this very expensive event and she wanted to make a statement. Politics is very American. So I thought she did a great job. I'm also an AOC fan. So I think if you like AOC, you're rooting for her. And if you don't like AOC, this probably confirmed why you don't like her. Rihanna showed up at the very, very end. People were like, is Rihanna coming? And like literally the carpet had closed and she and ASAP Rocky showed up. I am one of the few people that likes the ASAP Rocky relationship. Everyone's like, I preferred her with Hassan, her Saudi billionaire boyfriend. Um, I think her and ASAP are really cute together. I think he's made really dumb comments in the past, but hopefully she's educated him. You know, she, you know, Rihanna's like one of the smartest people a businesswoman, an entrepreneur, very socially aware. So I think they're a great couple. She showed up in Balenciaga and it was her take on American sportswear. She had this beanie that was jewel encrusted. I thought she looked great. I don't think she like shut down the carpet like she normally does, but she did look very cool and her makeup was just absolutely gorgeous. We have to talk about Kim K in Balenciaga. So before I even saw Kim on the red carpet, I knew she was going to cover her face. I just knew because she had been preparing us for it at all of the Donda listening parties. Her face was covered. I also got the feeling that she and Kanye were back together. She showed up to one of his listening parties in that wedding dress. And Kanye has been covering his face for the past however many weeks, this whole Donda aesthetic that he's pushing forward. And she went to some fashion week show and her entire face was covered. So I was like, okay, this is like Kim's thing. She had been like preparing us for this. So by the time she came out on the Met Gala carpet, totally covered. I was not shocked at all. Um, she recently did a post saying like, what's more American than a head to toe t-shirt? So her outfit was, you know, t-shirt material, all black everything covered except for this very long ponytail she had. I don't even know how she maneuvered that night. It was definitely a look. It was definitely a statement. 
it's not the statement I personally would have made, but a lot of people were saying that it's also a statement on celebrity and celebrity culture and this idea of being an American icon. And everyone knows Kim from just her silhouette alone. So without even seeing her face, we know that that's Kim Kardashian based on the shape of her body and her silhouette and that she is a sort of like American icon and symbol of beauty from her silhouette alone. So she can show up to a red carpet totally covered. And we know that that's Kim. And that's also a commentary on American fashion and American culture. What's interesting for me is I think Kanye has a lot of influence on how she chooses to self-present. And I think I would like it more if I could feel that it was really coming from her. Like he posted about her look and, you know, he's very close with Demna, who's the creative director of Balenciaga. And like, you can tell that this was something that like he concepted. She's even changed her like profile picture to this like black square because his album is a black square. So I don't know. I hope she's happy. I hope they are in a healthy union. But this look was not for me, but I do think it is interesting. So yeah, that's a little bit about the Met Gala. It's I never do like celebrity commentary for you guys. So I hope you enjoyed this. It was fun to talk to you about about my impressions of the red carpet and who I thought really served a look. And actually, I can't believe I left this out. My favorite Met Gala look of the night. I saw it maybe 30 minutes into the red carpet starting. And I said, this is going to be my favorite look of the night. This is going to be the one to beat. It was Yara Shahidi. She looked divine. Like everything was gorgeous. Her Dior dress, her makeup, her hair and the accessories. She channeled icon, Josephine Baker. Josephine Baker is from the US. She made an impact in her career in Paris in the 1920s and 30s, and she traveled between Europe and America fighting for civil rights. Josephine Baker is one of the most important entertainers ever. An amazing Black woman, such an inspiration to me. I just love Josephine Baker. So when I saw her come with that veil and the jewels and and the gloves, I was like, yes, This is incredible. This is iconic. And she looked stunning, jaw-dropping. I thought Yara Shahidi, for me, was the best dressed of the night. And I loved that she did this nod to Josephine Baker. There were other really standout looks from the night. Model Anouk Yai looked gorgeous. She did old Hollywood glamour. Gigi Hadid did a similar kind of old Hollywood glamour thing in Prada with these gloves and this very simple column dress and the hair and makeup was perfect. It was kind of like 90s Barbie doll. Lil Nas X looks great. He had three looks and he just has great skin and great presence. I'm just here for Lil Nas X being a new type of pop star. He was kind of giving us Lady Gaga. Amanda Gorman, the inaugural poet, was there. She was one of the chairs of the event and she looked so sweet. She had this diamond laurel in her hair to connect to the fact that she's the youngest poet laureate. She had a little clutch that was also a book, just a really beautiful, thoughtful look. Michaela Coel, who I love from I May Destroy You and have loved since Chewing Gum, she looked great. She was wearing this blue sequined jumpsuit, no jewelry, no anything, just, you know, bald and serving face as she does so well. Tessa Thompson looked incredible as well. She kind of looked like a rose, but she did it also with cowboy boots. And I love the idea of wearing 
flats for the Met Gala. I know that event is long and I know your feet would be hurting towards the end. So anyone who can wear flats, that's great. Pharrell and his wife looked really good. And there was also, I hope I'm saying her name, Kawana Chasing Horse. She was the only indigenous woman I saw on the red carpet. She was wearing this beautiful gold metallic Dundas dress. And it was great because it was this like perfect palette for all of her Navajo jewelry. The jewelry was gorgeous. And I think if we're talking about fashion in America, we have to have that indigenous perspective. And I just loved her look. I thought she looked beautiful. And I was so happy to see that representation at the Met. So many great looks and so many amazing people behind the scenes and glam squads that bring these incredible looks to life. And that brings us also to today's episode. This is a throwback episode to my conversation with Nikki Nelms. Nikki Nelms is a hair genius. And for the Met this year, she did three people's hair. She did Shakari Richardson, who I learned her name, she pronounces her name Shakari because Kiki Palmer, who was doing the red carpet live stream for the Met Gala called her Shakari. And she was like, no, 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 it's Shakari. Kiki Palmer also had such incredible energy for two hours. Like me as a host and podcaster, I was like, I need to take notes because she was, she brought the energy. Kiki Palmer is just such a light, so infectious. She just seems like a great time. But Nikki Nums did her hair, obviously the very famous track runner who unfortunately was disqualified for the Olympics because she had a marijuana scandal, but we still love her. She did Venus Williams. She did this amazing kind of like updo ponytail on Venus Williams. And then she did Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz and her have been collaborating for years and years and years. She does her braids. She does her shortcuts. And Zoe Kravitz had this really cool braided like chignon, like this braided updo. It's almost like something that Audrey Hepburn would do, but with braids, which I thought was just so cool. And yeah, Nikki is just a hair genius. If you haven't listened to this episode before, this is just a really great one. Or even if you have listened, it's great to just remind yourself what the creative process is for someone that is able to create these amazing hair looks. There was also just a lot of naked beauty girls at the Met Gala this year doing big things. Sophia Rowe, who's been on the podcast, walked the carpet in Halston. She looked absolutely gorgeous. Raisa Flowers, a makeup artist who's also been on the podcast, did makeup for Precious Lee, who was wearing Aria. And it's just been amazing to see how some of my guests have grown. September also marks five years of naked beauty. So I do want to do an episode where I actually talk to you guys, the listeners, about the podcast and how you've discovered it and how listening to Naked Beauty is a part of your life. And yeah, I just want to talk to some of my listeners. So if you're interested in being in that five-year anniversary show, please email me nakedbeautypodcast at gmail.com. Naked Beauty listener would be great in the subject line. And then I'll take it from there. Just tell me like how you found the show, why you listen, maybe where you're from. And I will definitely reach out to find some time so we can talk a little bit more. Thank you guys so much for all of your support and enjoy this throwback episode with Nikki. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, 
eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts, not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I am here with the Nikki Nelms, incredible <laughs> hair stylist, but I'm just going to call you an artist um, overall. I've wanted to have you on this show since I started it. So I'm like very excited to be talking to you. Oh, thank you. You look and, so cute. Oh my God. Well, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do like a cute little twist out. I had all these plans for like how I was going to wear my hair for this. And then I had some plans to too. And I'm like, <laughs> but you look good. You look good. Mm. What percentage of the time would you say your hair is like done? Like, do you ha- even feel like you have time to tend to your own hair? Because every time I see like pictures of you, you look, you know, super glam and incredible. No, um, I don't with a hat. I'm with always with a hat on. Like, okay. <laughs> I don't think I ever look super glam. I think I've made that, like, I've kind of forced that into or claim it as like a part of my thing. Like, choosing the less glammy route like I make that my thing just because I know more like more times than not I don't have the time to be glammy so if it's yeah. like if I make that my thing then it's like oh, okay you know it's part of my normal look. look but yeah I mean I don't really like when my hair is done done though like for really? some reason I don't I always feel so like Easter Sunday <laughs> you know really? Yeah, I like a little like texture and airiness and I don't like it to look perfect because it makes me feel like I'm trying or something. So I just love the lived in look and, I, right. you know, I'll put more effort into when I'm going out, like maybe my outfit than I would okay. my hair. Because if my hair is like less fussy, then it's a good night, you know? Right, yeah. right. And I feel like or a good do- day. You do like good lived in looks for your clients as well. Like the hair is never too, too perfect. Yeah, I I think it's a thing. I think it just says to me, it says that you're comfortable in like your natural state. Like your natural state is the is the bar, you know, what I yeah. mean? as opposed to like reaching for something else. Like that's mm-hmm. the one thing I love about like. Like with Zoe, like her, my other, my client, Zoe Kravitz, she just is like fly because she's fly, you know, and yes. then that becomes everybody else's like thing to reach for, you know? Yeah. Um, so speaking I, like, of I like that. What, yeah. What everyone tries to reach for. Zoe Kravitz braids have probably been like the most requested style of braiding, you know, for the past five years, uh, like you, you should see our DMs, but I mean, it's, it's funny. Like I, I, I love every aspect of her hair. Cause she's into like whatever feels best for, right. for her look. I mean, I love, I love all her looks like the blonde pixie, the, you know, like whatever her style is, it's like the most 
chill, natural, yet elevated version of that style. You know what I mean? Like not the most perfect braids or not the most perfect, neat haircut. I mean, the haircut is neat and and correct, but it's like the look of it is like lived in and you know what I mean? Whether it's blonde or dark or or whatever. Like when my mom was living, when we were all living in New York, uptown, you would come over and do my mom's hair. And I know you like my mom, one is very picky and she takes her like short haircut style very seriously. And she loved working with you. So she reminds me of my mom and my mom is the same way. So it was really easy to, to do your mom and work with her because my mother is like simple, but it's the detail in the, Mm -hmm. in the, you know what I mean? Like my mom, she's all about the, like, did you get my sides? Right. Did you, it's like the perfect little piece that she wanted to leave a certain amount of length. All of that. I get it. Yeah. (laughs) Shout out to my mom for prepping me for your mom. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. But let's talk about how you grew up. You grew up in St. Petersburg, Florida. What was that like? St. Petersburg. It's a small place. It's, um, Outside of Tampa, most people, when I tell people where I'm from, I have to say Tampa, you know, then Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I mean, my life was pretty chill. I went to private school my whole life, private school. Then I went to high school first year, like after eighth grade. That was my first time going to public school. But that transition from private school to public school must have been different, right? It was like a culture shock to me. Right. I felt scared a lot. <laughs> like, scared how? But when, I, but when I started, I mean, I also felt protected because my first year in high school, my cousin also was like the star athlete, mm. basketball and football. So like, you know, that popularity was like a form of protection. You know what I mean? In a sense of like feeling like, you know, it was okay. Everything was going to be okay. But it, you know, it was all right. And then I was also, I also did hair. So people kind of knew that I was doing hair then. So that kind of added like a little notch on the cool belt, you know? Right. So were you into beauty in high school? Like, did you, were you into makeup? Were you into changing your hairstyle? Um, I was into like hair and my nails. Okay. I didn't really wear makeup. Like my skin was always pretty good and stuff and my mother she didn't promote me wearing like makeup she was like that's something you should reserve for like a special occasion because your natural skin looks so nice you know you don't want to become dependent on needing that every day because then what's going to be your special thing you know what I mean I think that's great advice so I mean that's I was like okay I guess (laughs) so you (laughs) You started doing hair early yeah, I started doing hair in like sixth grade, fifth grade. Yeah, yeah I read that grade. like your aunt, your aunt would book you to do what, like hair for weddings. No, what happened was I was doing hair a lot and I could do hair and my aunt had to go to a wedding before and I did her. She just wouldn't let the designated hairstylist do her hair, you know, so I did her hair. When she got there, all of the hair looked terrible for everyone else <laughs> and everyone liked her hair. And then she was just like, my niece in my hair. And they were like, well, maybe you can get her here to do like all of our hair. So it was like, you know, OK. So that wow. was like like my well, one of my first 
bookings of like a job with many, with many people. I'm so curious about people that like find their talents when they're young. Like, I don't think I have hairstyling natural ability, but do you think that it's something that can be learned or do you think that it's like kind of this God-given talent that you were born with and you tapped into it? My mother has always told me she'll rant. She just said it last week. I showed her this project that I'm working on and she was just like, wow. She was like, I've always told you. And she has, she's always reminded me that like God gave this to me. She was like, you know, what you do is like special. And I mean, I hear her, but she's also my mom. You know what I mean? So (laughs) I don't know like how much I believe her or if she's just being super supportive, but the older I get, I'm like, well, maybe she really feels this way and not like being super supportive. And I also don't want to take that on either and start feeling super special or something like, I don't know. So, but I do feel like I've always been able to do hair easily, but I didn't think that it was something special because I mean, I'm a black girl. Like I feel like most black girls that I know can like do some form of hair. You know, or mm. most people that I that Some I was us. raised around. You yeah. know what I mean? Like everybody that I knew, everybody that I knew could do something. Even if you could just, you knew how to make the like nicest ponytail. Like that was your right. thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. It was like a lot of right. specialties. It's like, right. I can't do this, but I can give right. you a nice ponytail with a nice swirl right there. And right. that will be like your thing forever. Or, right. you know, maybe someone could do like two nice French braids, but they could do it in like the nicest way ever. So I just thought that I was one of those people that could do more things. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So after college, you moved to Miami. Did Fort Lauderdale. Career- Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Mm-hmm. So did your career take off pretty quickly after that? I know you worked at a salon, but then you started doing music videos. Like how did everything sort of start getting going for you? It wasn't that way. I just, when I was in a salon, I was, I get bored easily. So, you know, I was like, my goal was to be in a hair magazine. I wanted just to see my work featured in a hair magazine. And once that happened, I was like, okay, what's next? That was quick. And now I'm bored. So I'm like, maybe they were shooting a lot of music videos in Miami at that time, you know? And so that was the thing. And I was like, I got to figure out how to, how to do that. And, you know, I would go, to different like modeling um, events with friends and clients from the salon or whatever and meet people. And they would like tell me like, oh, well, if you want to do that, you need to talk to this person. And and it was all like word of mouth. And what can you really do then? It wasn't like social media. Like, let me see how many followers you have. Right. Like, that, was, that wasn't the thing. Um, it was just about having the connection, knowing that the job was coming and being able to be available so it moved fast but it didn't feel like it moved fast when it was happening because I was like living in it Mm -hmm. but I got my first music video my first music video was Timbaland and Magoo Indian Flute that was my first music video that I worked on I was key so but yeah that was funny though because I was so excited I was I, I look for the email from that sometimes. I wish I could find it. I really do. Because from that job, I met Tamika Foster. She was a okay. stylist. 
And she was a stylist on that job. And she had an agency back in the day called, I think, Swanky Image Group or something. But <laughs> Tamika, Tamika was like, Tamika was everything because she was the one that like, she was styling Usher and she had him wearing like the blazers and the mm-hmm. dresser, you know, that whole vibe. I remember so anytime, that era. Anytime you do anything that changes the course of like style, you know, mm-hmm. it's like you can get a name for yourself quickly back then. So she was like popping. Like she had, you know, I think she did Tony Braxton. I think like she just, she was like known. So when I worked with her, I was like, oh my God, maybe I should be a part of her agency. And so I was keying on the job with her. So I kind of felt like I'm, I'm here. I've arrived. So I asked her about it. She was like, yeah, just send over your email, send us your, you know, resume and, you know, we'll take a look at it. And, you know, so I was like, for sure, I got this. I'm about to have an agent, but keep in mind that that job was like my only the only job I'd ever had. Right. And it's it's so funny to me, though. I really wish I could find that email because I remember stretching out that one job for the whole page. <laughs> it was like it was like key hairstylist for Indian flute. Number one, responsible for creating the looks for the models. Number two, like it was just so ridiculous. It was so ridiculous. That's so funny. That was then. So, so many, I feel like so many things as I've been reading about your career happened by chance. Um, one of my favorite stories is when you first got to work with Solange and you guys were doing a music video and she had pink eye or something and you kind of like stepped in and sit- she was going to an event with a mutual friend of ours. Okay. This and is Solange. This is Solange. Solange okay. was going to an event with a mutual friend of both her and I at that time. I didn't know her, you know, like that. Uh, we had the friend in common. And so she had the pink eye, you know, I was styling the friend. And so she had the pink eye and then she didn't want to go with sunglasses on because it would look so like, you know, like standoffish, you know, to be at an event with like these dark sunglasses. I know people would probably think she was on drugs. Who knows? They could think anything or that she just like didn't want to be there or say anything, whatever. So just to prevent all of that, because, you know, people always saying stuff, and they don't really know all the facts. She, mm-hmm. I suggested that I'm like, well, I could fix it for you. And, you know, she was a little like, I don't know, like, you know, my mom is the one that does my hair. And I'm like, yeah, I know, you know, but like, I can help, you know, if you just let me know, whatever. So thank God that there was no other choice. <laughs> so we cut her bangs. Like I just did some judging and figured out and finesse and stuff and then I gave her like a Sharifa bang you remember the artist Sharifa of course she used to have the one slanted bang yeah I was like we'll just cover that eye and like they don't they don't need to know (laughs) and so from then on she was just like yes I guess we were like like like-minded you know southern girls they get it you know yes and then that was that. That's <laughs> is history. And you get to work with a lot of vanilles. I know you work with Miss Tina and Beyonce, and they all have mm-hmm. such different style. They all do. And and um, Angie, oh yeah, Solange, of course, his cousin. Yeah, and Miss Tina. I follow niece, her. And... Her hair always looks and... cute. <laughs> That's my boo. Yeah, like it's cool to know that you know a family could trust you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Cause I remember going to the salon when I was younger and we all had 
one hairstylist and you know it was like a thing you know yeah it's kind of like yeah your family doctor family doctor right yeah so i love that well i have some looks here some iconic looks that you've done okay since since we're talking about solange and i see her in your background too this is yeah (laughs) iconic She's got all of the beads in her hair from the Don't Touch My Hair music video. I would say like game changing, culture shifting look. And I'm so curious for you, like when you were creating it, did you know the impact that this look would have? What was the process? What's the backstory behind this? I never think about the impact of anything that I work on. I just really? try to get through the moment. Look, no, like how can you you can have a basic hope that your work is going to make a little noise or whatever, but you can't focus on that because then you're controlled by the unknown more mm-hmm. than like you, you, you know, you're not giving yourself a fair shot at like, at just giving whatever is inside of you, you know, cause you're now think you're factoring in too many other things. So no, I did not think of it that way. And with, with that look with Solange, I really felt like I was excited to be like, in a sense, the chosen tool to help get out a vision for such an impactful project. Mm -hmm. Like that's to me, the difference when you're doing like your own personal projects versus when you're working on something that's already in the works. Like the fact that they have figured out what they want their project to be like now the the intricate or to me the important part of it is how who can I surround myself with to help me get this vision out and make it like a reality so I saw I felt honored to be a part of it in that way you know what I mean Mm -hmm. because that's a very specific thing that happened so the fact that she felt like I could deliver what she need or you know translate it into from her mind to the world. I was excited for that, but I did not think that it would be like a thing. Cause I've, I've keep in mind, like I'm a black girl and I've always loved like everything about us, but the world doesn't always love everything about us. So if you can't gauge what's going to be like iconic or not based on like what you love or what you think Mm -hmm. someone will, one else would love because they don't always match all the time anyway like I feel like when Venus and Serena wore beads when they were playing when they were kids I feel like it was iconic then too but they got mocked and and Mm -hmm. laughed at so like it's like I can't live or I don't base like how I feel about my work on on how it's received because that's just it's you leave it to chance and as long as I like it and my client likes it, like, that's the vibe. Because I, I feel like the world had to catch up. Now they'll mention, like, Venus and Serena's hair when they were playing. But it's like, when you didn't accept them, you know, mm-hmm. you don't know. You probably made them feel bad or made them not feel like they were enough. You never know. So it's hard for me to find, like, the compliment and mm-hmm. acceptance now when, you know, it's just the ma- they didn't accept what I accepted then in Venus and Serena. So right. like we're kind of off a little bit. So I don't, I don't really look to the world for their validation. Like the ex- 
yeah, yeah. I just kind of I can't it's kind of that it's tricky it's, yeah I mean it's tricky I, I think that's why so many why black people are so upset when something is put on a runway and that's considered high fashion and it becomes a trend so I'm thinking about like when Mark Jacobs put um his models in locks or when you see all of these designers doing baby hairs and suddenly it's like this thing that's an editorial high fashion magazine it's like oh this is the trend of the moment and it's like we've seen this in our communities forever well that's and what now, I, I yeah I just kind of don't buy into the secondhand compliments like I'm not gonna wait until someone tells me that whatever about me is okay for me mm -hmm. to accept it you it's like my grandmother used to always tell me you need to know how you feel about yourself before you leave the house. Like, don't leave that up to somebody else to tell you. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not careful, they'll make you think that having fuller lips is a bad thing until they decide that having fuller lips is a cool thing. Right. Or having, wearing your hair in a natural state is offensive or harsh or not on brand until it becomes the thing that graces every cover Right. across america and it's now the cool thing right. so you gotta know what you know before you're told what to know you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's so that true lots of wisdom in your family from the from the women in your family it seems like yes of course like <laughs> if i call someone right now you'll get a whole sermon and you'll be like yes yes ma'am yes, but yeah it's really important that's why i'm very like i'm very mindful on the compliments I receive or that I allow and I take them all, whatever. Yeah, cool. But I don't, I can't live by them because it's, they're so fickle and the foundation is so, so not stable. You know what I mean? It's based on mm -hmm. whatever is in, like, I can't allow you to, to control how I feel about myself and base it on when you're cool with what you think about me, you know? So yeah, totally can't makes sense. Okay, next look. I think this is Zoe Kravitz. I, I want to say this was at one of the Met Galas. That's Vanity Fair. Okay, yes. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she had her blonde braids and she yes. wanted to go with like if braids meets like a finger wave or curl kind of yes. vibe. So we we did that. And that was that was cool. She liked that a lot. With the she like half that. shaved on the side as well. Yes, the undercut was really cool. So she's, cool. She's such a cutie, that girl. I know. She's gorgeous. It's like so it's like you look at her and you're like, you could be wearing anything and have any like, you know, and you would be just as gorgeous. But her let's just go back to her braids for a second because again, I feel like so many people are so desperate to have her braids. Is it mm -hmm. that it's human human hair that you're using and that's what kind of gives it its like unique texture? Like what is it that makes her braids so unique? To me, what makes her braids so unique is her. The thing about everything she wears to me is because that's who she is and she's not like trying to create like a look it's mm -hmm. like her aesthetic is effortless and just being you know what I mean and I've I, I've had clients that that were more like calculated and you know they're normally like more on the neat side and where the the nice body curls and, mm -hmm. but looking at zoe and her confidence and her natural way it makes you want to have that so when yeah. you try it and you see that like 
the her hair is kind of more on the undone side than done. That yeah. goes totally against what you who you really are if you're neat and you yeah. you won't feel it. It's a it's an internal thing. Like that's yeah. the key thing that most people just don't get. Like right. you see a, you see someone being themselves and you feel like I want that want vibe that. and that feeling. Right. But it's because the main event besides me being her hairstylist or whatever, like it's her vibe to just be herself. She doesn't need every hair to be in place and every this to be that. You know what I mean? Right. She actually doesn't want it to be that way. So right. if you're the type that wants it to be that way, you're not going to pull it off. Like, <laughs> I can't explain it enough because some right. people feel like you just don't want to do it for me. I'm I'm telling you right now that don't waste your time trying it. <laughs> I'm right. not going to waste my time doing it. Right. You will not like it. And this isn't something that I want to invest my time in giving right. you. Right. Whether you pay for it or not, whatever, is not something that you want to wear for just a week and then take it out or undo your braid. Like to me, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like I'm not it's a lived in style. It's a lived in style. Like the older it gets, the, the, the nicer it looks. And if you are anxious to look super done out the gate, the, the older it gets, the worse you're going to like. The, you know, the more you're right. going to like right. it, at least right. you're going to like it or whatever. So like to me, honestly, that is the main ingredient to the Zoe Kravitz sauce yeah. in my opinion. Yes. It's, she her is slagger. herself. She yeah. is herself. And you can't, you can't buy it. <laughs> you can't, <laughs> I know. You can't and buy it. And everyone wants to so badly. Yeah. One thing she does do that I would love to talk to you about is she, she can go from dark, like black to peroxide bleach blonde platinum blonde do you feel like color is something that everyone can play with like or do you feel like there's certain things you have to understand about like your undertones in your skin and start figure out what colors complement you because i think that it's inspiring when you can see someone go from one extreme to the other but for a lot of us we're probably like scared to really experiment with hair you color. can do whatever you want to do actually and that's gonna make whatever you end up doing look the best you know, hmm. if you're walking around timid, like, like do, I, do I look okay with this? Do I look okay with that? Then you probably should not have gotten it because nobody has time yeah. to sit there and babysit you in your new bleach blonde hair all day and give you compliments <laughs> to just keep you uplifted during this moment of lightning. You know what I mean? Like, so just do do what you want to do. You know what I mean? That's right. the main, to me, that it sounds cliche, whatever, but th- that's that's it. Mm-hmm. That's the main ingredient to every hairstyle. You got to wear it with confidence. You got to right. wear it with confidence because if you're scared, now your hairstyle looks scared. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're going to be tugging on your shirt, making sure you did, just do your thing. And that uh, a lot of that happens when you're trying to recreate something that somebody else did. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like if you just, if you've always felt like I could wear this or I want to wear this, then wear that. Mm-hmm. But or, or if you're inspired by somebody else, cool. But just make sure that you're inspired to do it your way, you know, right. as opposed to trying to recreate their total thing, because then mm-hmm. it doesn't it just doesn't come off right. It's like you're wearing the wrong size shoe. Yeah. And yeah. it just doesn't look good. So I like to I like to be that kind of voice of reason when someone comes to me with an idea for their look like I can hear if they really want 
if they really want to do it or if they're going to need me to convince them to do it and then spend the rest of our lives together convincing them that they made the right decision. Like I don't have, I don't have the energy. <laughs> like <laughs> I feel that. Okay. This look, this is more of an editorial look. I think you did this for Vogue. You have all of these amazing like jewels and um, kind of clips in the hair. I mean, it's braided. Mm-hmm. And then at the top, there's like this kind of puff. Tell, tell me about the process of creating this look. That was a look that I created like on site. It's really? so funny. Because, like, I really didn't know what I was going to do, but that's most of the time. I never really plan it out. I kind of, that's another tool that I like. I like the tool of not knowing and having, like, when my back is against the wall, like, something cool comes from that. What did I do? I brought a bunch of, like, jewelry, like, old vintage pieces that I had collected to the shoot. And, of course, they had some really, you know, it's a feature in Vogue, so they wanted to use some pieces that were coming out in the next season, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but Lorna Simpson was the photographer for that. And because when I got that call, I, I didn't think it was like something serious. I, th- I just it's thought it was like, Yeah, but I still was, I was moving around a lot. I was working. <laughs> I think I was shooting with, with Janelle. I don't know who I was shooting with. Maybe Solange. I don't know. But they hit me up in emails like we're interested in doing this story. You and I was just was like, I, I, I don't know why I didn't believe it. I just was like, <laughs> oh, okay, whatever. And so then, like later on, they hit me again, and they were like, maybe two more times. And I was like, let me just see what they're talking about. You know what I mean? And I'm <laughs> like, what is this again? And so they like, we just wanted you to you want to shoot your work, and you have to understand, I wasn't on Vogue's speed dial. You know what I mean? Like I used to want to shoot with them a lot and it was like not the easiest thing to do. So like, Mm -hmm. why would I think that it would come to me this easily? Like, Hey, we want to shoot your work, whatever you want to do, no direction. Would you mind if Lorna Simpson shot it? We want (laughs) to shoot you at pier 59. You tell us what your call time will be. Like it, yeah. How do you go from like I can't get a you know a, a call back you yeah. to all of this? So right. You know, I was just like, uh, yeah, okay, you know, whatever. <laughs> so when it all happened and they were like, you know, whatever you want to do, I was like, this is weird, you know. But it was, <laughs> it happened, and it was like one of my favorite shoots because I met and finally got to work with Lorna Simpson. Yeah. The great. You know what I mean? Yes. Like I love that part about it. Like when you get to shoot with an artist and be a part, have and make art with them Mm -hmm. at the same time that like you can't even afford a piece of their work. (laughs) Right. 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 You're like but your peers. You're like equals working together. Now now I can have a piece of your work and I'm in it, you know, kind of thing. But So like that was like, like amazing to me, but I figured I I did that on, on set trying to figure out like, what do I want to do? And the day was so cool. You know, it was like a proper shoot. You know what I mean? The way they, that I've witnessed it happen for my clients, it was like happening for me. Like even like the, the, the wardrobe and jewelry that was coming in, it was like tag, like 
Nikki Nelms shoot. And I was like, that is crazy, you know, kind of thing. Right. Just thinking of like the difference, you know? Mm -hmm. And so they were like super excited. They were like, can we watch you while you work, please? And I was like, okay, if you, if you like, I guess, you know? So I was just figuring it out as I go, as I was going along, like just one braid would lead to another. And I'm like, oh, maybe I can do this. Oh, maybe I can do that. Oh, okay. I'll just leave this here and let me wrap this. And it, it just kind of, okay. it was cool. You're, you're like a true, like creative genius. It's like when you hear Kanye West talk about making beats and he's like, I don't know. I just, you know, it just comes to me. Like the fact that this all just comes to you and it's not like meticulously planned out, I think really speaks to this, I'll to what your mom was a, saying. I'll yeah, no. a big compliment because I just had a conversation with my assistant the other day. We were watching hip hop evolution it's on netflix mm-hmm, ne- mm-hmm. the evolution of hip hop yep and they had a part in there about kanye and he just has this like it's this craziness to him like it's tunnel vision like the way he sees himself mm-hmm. or, like the way he saw himself early on it's very specific and it's kind of like when you're so far away from where you want to be like starting out, you kind of have to have that about yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because people will tell you no so much that you got to be so focused that it's like you don't even like if someone said no, you really didn't even hear it, you know, like kind of thing. And so I understood that when we were discussing it and I was like, wow, that was kind of like how I felt early on. Like I was just so into whatever I was into that I didn't hear anything else. So you saying that about Kanye is just funny because we just had this conversation about him and I worked with him before also. And I, I've seen it like mm. firsthand, like how intense he is. Like mm-hmm. I did the hair for the gold digger video. Well, right. You did. And I saw how intense he was and just about, the detail and certain things like things that you might not think will make a big difference it's like he treats every little part of it like the same way you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like Kanye why are you really over here looking at what I'm doing with this little <laughs> bun or something you know what I mean like <laughs> but it's important because it's all his vision, vision. so I get it right Right, right. Okay, I'm going to ask you about one more look. You have so many iconic looks, I could go through them all. But I have to ask you, you know, about Janelle Monae and the the googly eyes with this, like, two buns that she had. That's just the next level. It's so crazy. Like, that happened, like, 20 minutes before I did it. Like, wow. And it's fine. I never thought that people think would think that I planned these things out. Like, because I hate I mean, I'm cool with mood boards just to catch the vibe, but I don't like mood boards because it just turns it into like something, a specific thing to strive towards, Mm -hmm. or it's like a recreation of something. And I don't like feeling like I'm recreating, like it's unfair to whatever is in whatever I can contribute naturally Mm -hmm. to the project. Now you've messed it up. Now I'm kind of like, concentrating on another goal as opposed to just like letting it out of me Mm -hmm. so I didn't plan that it was like 20 minutes out on my way to the shoot and I had my driver stop by an art supply store and 
I was like, let me just take a little whiz around to see what I have. Because I didn't feel like I had enough stuff in my kid. Or I just didn't feel like, you know, I was like, let me just see whatever I see, you know. So I was on the phone with another client or friend and then just talking. And I know Janelle, it was pretty easy to to see those with Janelle because she likes black and white, you know, the odds are black and white. And she is definitely a cool client that is into trying things, you know, Mm -hmm. and not really like concerning herself with how they will be received, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So that gives me a level of freedom that you don't always get. So I was like, oh, these googly eyes will be kind of (laughs) cute. And uh, other clients was like, you're going to put googly eyes? I was like, yeah, why not? Like, what would happen? Like, what's the worst thing that could happen? Right. And so I was like, I'm getting them. And so, you know, I had my little glue gun in my kit and these like little hairpins that I had from Japan that I could cut easily. And I just put them on there. I was like, you know, hear me out. (laughs) I think this this is cool. What do you think? And she's just like, love. I love. And I was like, we're doing it. We're doing it. And so it was like, everybody liked that a lot. They like it's, it, a lot. it was iconic, and that's when you it became a, a Halloween costume, like you know, like yes. little kids would like recreate mm-hmm. it and redo mm-hmm. it. But that's also when you see two artists working together in collaboration. And I love that. I love that you go to art supply stores. Like oh, I go to Home funny. Depot. Most of the stuff that you saw in like Solange's videos, like I got like the wire and stuff from. Home Depot when she was in like don't touch my hair when she was in the choir scene when they had yes. the like thing. Home Depot and Michaels and all of that. It's just like you can't limit yourself on what you can use because then you'll right. limit yourself on the outcome. Yes. Like I'll use anything. Like I'll shop a lot everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> like I don't care. So ev- when I say everywhere everywhere i love that what about i find that you put butterflies in people's hair in like the most gorgeous way i've ever seen like where are you finding these butterflies i got them at michael's and then there's also like some like real life ones that were like they once were alive and now my god you know preserved yeah we used those um for was that i think i think it was a lore short yeah it was a lore but then the refinery shoot that I did, they weren't real. They were like, put them on a wire and then just like pop them in there. But yeah. I think that's the only time I've ever used them because it's like, you know, once you do something, then it's like now it's the trending. And it's then I, I have a fear of looking like I'm copying something that somebody else did when I just don't like doing it. So I'll just like do it and leave it alone, you know? Yeah. People have to keep up with you because you're on to the next thing. I'm like, as badly as I want to redo something else with it, but it's just like, just leave it alone. Yeah. I want to talk to you a little bit about America's perception of Black hair and like where you think we need to go. Because you're obviously on set, you're working with these very influential magazines, you're working with these very influential artists. And I feel like a lot of your work has served as a platform to show how beautiful black hair can be, um, how we can express ourselves with our hair. But I'd love to hear mm. from you kind of like, do you think there's still a lot of work that needs to be done? I would imagine, yes, but 
like how do you feel about your role in maybe making black hair more accepted or more part of the mainstream i'm not a salesperson that's not my department i'm not trying to make anyone accept something that you cannot control like i'm interested in finding out what is the like mental issue with people not being comfortable with the way a person is born like what's the big deal like i don't even i I just like what's so special about someone in their natural state like why do you have to highlight it in a way which kind of comes off like it's this foreign object or something like Mm -hmm. are do you not know enough so it feels foreign to you then that's your issue that you need to deal with i'm not here to sell you you know an opportunity to deal with this type of hair like yeah they do have a lot to to learn they do but that doesn't mean i have a lot to teach (laughs) right right that's a big that's i'm so happy that you said that because i'm sure in the past few weeks you've probably had more brands and more people reaching out to you as you know a black creative and i and i'm so happy that they are doing it but my big thing is like do you have um, a budget attached to this and yeah yeah. a lot of left on red yeah (laughs) okay Uh, yeah that's like that your problem does should not become my problem too because i've already had to deal with it being a problem because i've had to finesse my way into you know certain productions and stuff just because i wasn't like me and my clients their their look wasn't accepted or whatever mm-hmm. but that's a their issue that we've had to pay for in the past mm-hmm. but that's not a their issue that we need to fix they need to so yeah and one of the big things i hate is just the way they they separate it like like i only hear them putting like a label on black hairstylists sometimes like you're a black hairstylist right versus just just a hairstylist or even if they don't say it like they will only call you to give your advice on what kind of shampoo for natural hair Mm -hmm. you know that's not a specialty question for anybody else you know what i mean we get the like specialty you know we'll save this for you only everybody else has access to everything us but we only get access to a limited you know right amount of right. us i mean even when it comes to like the big shoots or a client that could you could have worked with for years like once they they will embrace their look and once they reach a certain level then it's like we'll take it from here we'll let them do we'll let our artists that we're used to working with do them for this cover and just totally recreate what you've been doing just for mm. the credit it just kind of like keeps the black artist being like a hidden figure you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's yeah. like, wow, if you have all of my work on your mood board, why not just <laughs> use the person yes. that has it on there? I, but but I, I I don't I'm not begging to play with anybody. You know what I mean? Like I've removed that power if that was ever a power I'd given them in the past. If I don't care to play with you, then I'm not playing with you, then it's like, I'm not going to feel less special. 
because right. you know what I mean? It's like someone can't um, make you feel bad about not inviting you to a party that you don't care to go to. Right. Like I really wanted to hang out with my own friends anyway, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> I would love to love to hang out with you, but that's just not where I'm going to base how I feel about myself mm-hmm. on whether or not you invited me. Nine times out of 10, they're not inviting you because you will like, your sauce is so good. You know what I mean? Like you're just, you're, you're just that person and they're, that it speaks more to their insecurities. Yeah. Insecurity and fear and, and knowing that maybe they can't measure up. One thing that's always struck me as really strange about hairstylists is that most, let's say like 99% of black hairstylists know how to do all types of hair. Well, I want to talk a little bit about your kind of self-care routine. You've probably had to travel less than you've ever had to travel. I mean, working with the clients that you work with, you're probably always on a plane, always between shoots, late nights, all of that. Have you had more time for self-care, like is being in quarantine and just having time to relax? I haven't really done anything to myself, honestly. Like now, I feel like we're kind of towards the end of it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm scrambling. Like my friends, we're all calling each other like, okay, it's crash diet time. Like we've been <laughs> eating. Like I've yeah. just been like, I don't even think I've rested as much as I should have because I spent most of my time thinking about what I could have been doing with my time instead of just like living. Relaxing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not tripping. I'm kind of, I did okay. I did some really cool projects and I just have to admit to myself, like sometimes I care more about hair than I care about myself, Mm. but I find peace in it. And so I'm okay with it. Like I'm being honest with myself. I'm miserable when I'm not like doing something like hair related. So I did a lot of really cool things that were hair related mm-hmm. during quarantine. So that kind of was self-care. Yeah. That's the part of myself that I like to care about. You know? Yes. Yes. I got so. it. So what are your, what are some of your, I can't let you leave without telling me some of your favorite hair products that you use just to like take care of your hair. I mix a lot for myself. I like old school. I like new school. Like I'm very like, basic when I'm just doing like little things like old school grease and water just to make a ponytail like you know I'll do that I'll have a moment of that I'm big on like hydrating my hair because it can dry out easily so I love like you know um Maui Moisture has a really good Aupui shampoo and conditioner that I like yeah I use that it's really good I like to do that and you know create my own like little cocktails especially in quarantine now use what I have at home and in addition to you know my specialty items like I'd mix in a little olive oil or you know in my conditioner and make like a little a little hair mask but I love that yeah I I would just do that and because you know the Maui moisture products they have like such a good amount of products in it that are for hydration you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like I lean more towards those like the like I might kick up the aloe by mixing in more aloe into the conditioner you know what I mean right yeah so I I like that kind of stuff and as far as like styling products I like 
products that I don't have to fight against that work with me and not against me. Like, like my hairsprays, I don't like them to get flaky on me or if, you know, I like to be able to like comb them out if I need to, you know, Mm -hmm. like Sebastian Schaefer plus like it's a good builder. Like I can work Mm -hmm. with it on set and I'm not married to the style if we want to change it midway through, you know? So I I like simple, effective things that do what the label says it will do. (laughs) They're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I stick with, you know, my Maui Moisture, my Sebastian Shaper Plus. Like I like, I'm very particular about my irons, you know, like I like them. What, What irons do you like? Amika has a nice flat iron that I like. And it's really good because it can get as hot as you need it. Like sometimes their irons can be too safe. And then it has a very limited amount of like people that it's effective on. You know, Mm -hmm. I like to be able to go from zero to 100 with my iron. So it doesn't matter like who's in the chair. I know that the iron will work on them, you know. I like my old school tools too. Like if I want a more retro look, I tend to not use modern tools on them. I try to oh, interesting to to use the tools that were used originally to to That's create so the look. So I might have like the cheesiest curling irons ever. <laughs> that barely do anything, but if that's what was used during that time to get the look that I needed for that, then that's just what we're gonna have to do with. We can't give it a right. more sleek look when that wasn't available then. You know, that's so interesting. That's such a great point. From a from a hair routine perspective, is there anything that you recommend people do from like just a maintenance standpoint to keep their hair healthy, like in terms of a deep conditioner each week or? avoiding heat or are there any like tips that you feel strongly about to maintain the health of your hair yeah uh know your hair first Mm -hmm. then you'll know like what advice to take on it like if you don't have like a hydration problem then you might not need to like take hydration problem advice you know sometimes (laughs) people just accept all the advice and your hair doesn't have all the problems you know right like there's some people that need to shampoo and condition their hair for whatever reason maybe once a week me i like to go weeks without shampooing my hair because i like how my hair my hair feels healthier Mm -hmm. you know the less attention i give it i may keep oil on it through you know the week or whatever but i'm not like shampooing and conditioning it every week right so you have my biggest advice would be to know your hair. Then you'll you'll get the most out of the products that you'll use because a healthy product or a good product that does not apply to your hair's condition could actually like work it work in reverse. Like say, say your hair is super fine and you may hear of a product that's like super heavy and 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 thick and you know it could do all these things, but it may ultimately weigh your hair down and make it even more limp because that's just not the product for you, you know? So you just have to analyze your hair and know where you are with it. Then you could get the most out of the products that you choose. Like, for example, like with Maui, they have Maui Moisture. They have like such a good range of products that can go with all different types of curls 
Mm -hmm. and, and textures of curls, you know, because not all curls were created equally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some that are like tighter that might need a little more, more, um, thicker product or, you Mm -hmm. know, something like that. And then you might have like a finer texture, uh, curl that, you don't need all of that, you know, you might not need yep. as much oil and you may not want to do as many like leave-in products with it, depending mm-hmm. on how your hair responds to like when it's dry, you know, it's just, you have to know your hair and then you'll know what works best for it. If, that, if all of those words make any sense. <laughs> all of those words make so much sense. And I can definitely relate. You definitely have to figure out and just do trial and error, right? Like trial and error is mistakes. like, and then I always try, I mean, I used to tell my clients to do this when I worked in the salon. Like if you're trying things on your own, like chart it. Like, cause sometimes you don't remember, like if you shampooed your hair on Sunday and conditioned it, write down what you did what you use that day and then pay attention to your hair the following week like how did it respond to you was it like a better did you have a better curl week or did you have you know better whatever blowout week you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um and then pay attention to the elements and what affected it did it rain more that week did it do like it's a lot of little things you know that's why it's really hard for me to give a consultation because it's so much that goes into it. But if you come to me with these different scenarios, like, well, what I notice is when it's really hot out and my hair is dry, this product worked better for me. And then you can come up with a better solution on like, maybe it's because of this product. You know what I mean? It's just different, different things to factor in. So you have to know you. Yeah, absolutely. Final question. I ask all of my guests this question. Um, when do you feel most beautiful, Nikki? Sometimes I think I feel most beautiful first thing in the morning. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I love that. I do. I'm always like, oh, it looks so, like I look so fresh faced and and sweet. <laughs> yeah. And it's like before the whole day has happened and it's just like a fresh, clean slate. Mm-hmm. So I like that. I mean, was that the angle? Or did you no, like, no. wear in life? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. The morning is a very common answer. I've done, I think, like, I want to say 120 something episodes. And so many women say the morning is when they feel most beautiful. So I think that's really relatable. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for like spending all this time talking to me. So that was Nikki. I think she is just so, so interesting and smart. And I love all of her creative energy and where all of her references come from and just the way that she approaches hair and her work. So it was such a pleasure to speak with her. And thank you guys for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 